You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. Come along with us as we travel to the second star to the right and straight on till morning as we discuss Steven Spielberg's Hook. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. For a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Dead fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, cinematographer Jared Cowan. How you doing, Brian? Bangarang. Bangarang! It's time. God damn. What the fuck have I let happen? What <laughs> the fuck? It was, look, we had to get to it eventually. It's a Spielberg flick. It doesn't matter, right? Okay. It's got Rob Williams in it. Okay, all right, all right. So, yeah, uh, right. no, no, no. no. Introduce everybody else, and then you can start bitching. <laughs> we also have with the us fucking kids movie. <laughs> kids movies can be good too, Jared. Anyways, okay. We also have with us director of photography Mike Griggs. Take a breath, Brian. It seems like you've lost your marbles over there. Oh, I did. Turns your out they were from now on at Never Neverland. <laughs> We also have with us costume designer Kristen Jones. Uh-huh. Hey, hey, and here we are talking 1991. <sighs> the Steven Spielberg directed, it hurts me to say, Hook. <laughs> no, I'm just excited that it's finally here. It's are been you? a long time coming. Oh, are you guys still like hanging on to that nostalgic love of this? Oh, fuck movie? you. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I am excited for you to lambast it and tell me all the reasons why this movie is actually terrible. You know, okay. So here's the thing. The movie is not what I would call terrible. Because okay, there's a lot of good go. things in okay, it. Okay, well, let's set, let's set some context for the rest of this conversation yeah, that's, then. That's, go that's on. right. That's go right. On. Yeah, We have nice production design. We have nice cinematography. We got some nice costumes here. We got, you know, like a, a quarter of a good John Williams score. What? And, what does that mean? Okay, so clearly you guys weren't listening to the music during the very beginning. Oh, yeah, I did. It had kind of like an oh. 80s, like, you know. Oh, my God. It was fucking terrible. It was the yeah, worst yeah. thing I've ever heard John I, Like actually... when they cut into the mom watching the uh, the the, uh, the game, the baseball game. Oh, yeah, that's exactly the moment yeah. I'm talking about. That <laughs> yeah. is exactly. Yeah. Yes, Jerry, no, that's you know, fair. It, it feels very, very like uh, ABC Family. Like, you know. I, uh, <laughs> I, 
I almost forgot that it was John Williams in the beginning of this movie. I was like, did they have like someone else do like these opening songs? Because this is, this is shit. Okay, so I want you to hold on to that little thought that you just had and apply yeah. it to this entire movie. Because Steven Spielberg directed this. You know, this has got uh, a lot of great talent involved here, both in front and behind the camera. What the fuck happened? There's no heart in this film. This film has no passion. It has no. It's over sentimental bullshit that just goes from scene to scene to scene to scene with no context or no character continuity or anything. This is a bizarre movie. Well, Steven Spielberg was quoted as saying he was insecure with this movie, which I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I can I can definitely see it. Yeah, that, okay, so that's actually the one thing that I, I have not been able to do yet is hear any of Spielberg's like discussion about this. Well, good luck. He doesn't talk he about doesn't it. He doesn't like it. <laughs> he oh, really? hates it, yeah. He doesn't claim it. Like, is there a DVD commentary or anything? Nope. Spielberg doesn't do any DVD commentaries. Never uh, has. Okay, that's fair. Oh, wow, really? Never. Never. Never happened. Not on a one. Not on a Laserdisc, not on a DVD. Because he doesn't want to... Uh, you know, destroy the magic of filmmaking is, uh, I believe, his quote. He's too rich to to have to do that. Yeah, he doesn't need to. <laughs> He's, He's got like, a life, you, know, you guys. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's I don't have to. You're gonna buy it anyways. The fucking Spielberg. <laughs> Hook was awesome. Fuck Julie Roberts. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, I guess they got into a huge fight, Julia Roberts and Steven Spielberg. But reading all the uh, the interviews from Julia Roberts, it didn't seem like she thought she was a pain in the ass on set at all. Well, why would she admit that? Who <laughs> goes Touché, around? Kristen. And they're like, "Yeah, I was actually a really terrible person, and I understand that he hates me. Like, I, you know, I get that, you know, because I just showed up to set and was inappropriate every day. Like, no one's gonna do that. Everyone's gonna downplay this. Come on." But what was their huge fight? The only thing I read about it was she got married and like flew to Ireland to hole up for six months. And Stephen was like, "The fuck? We're supposed to be shooting a movie like tomorrow. Get your ass back here." Is that the fight that happened? I guess. Or is there a different one? I heard that they called her Tinker Hell and she <laughs> was causing problems on set. Um, Amazing. But that, the only person who ever actually spoke out about it was the kid who played Rufio. And he was like, no, I had a crush on her. She was great. And so, again, like, there's just not much Rose-colored glasses. That's right, my dude. How often was she actually on set, though? Like, on set, on set. Yeah. She had, to all, be, like, she had to be able to shoot out in a week, right? Like, just with just all of her reaction shots in a box. What are you guys talking about? No, There's man. one scene where she's actually directly in, like, interacting, and that's when she gets all big Tinkerbell. And... But, I mean, think about all those green screens where she's, like, really, really tiny in the, in the frame. And they, they have to match that. It's not like today where we can take a plate and we can just, you know, have it there and do a, a comp right there on set to see how things line up. They had to do all this shit chemically. So think about like how many how many weeks you would have in between from we shot the plate, now we're going to shoot Julia Roberts, you know, talking to Hook and matching the eye line and all that other shit. That's that's a tall order. And still you see some of it like uh, when she's like standing on the on the banister and and like Hook's leaning down to talk to her, it, it's mm-hmm. dancing just a little bit and you know, mm-hmm. it's it's not some of it looks great. Like when she's inside of the 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 dollhouse, all that stuff Oh my plays. god. That stuff perfect. That stuff is great. I was thinking that this time around because, like, she's when she does that, they have that shot where you see through the side of the dollhouse and she falls down the stairs. All right, wait, which one? The dollhouse, yeah, the dollhouse moves a little bit. 
like it, like a little actual dollhouse would if a small person was in it. So like, however they built that set, like they made it loose enough that when she hits the wall, it kind of jiggles a little bit. I'm like, that shit looks fucking real. But that was the only good show. Our dollhouse is not sturdy. I mean, they're usually plastic and not made to be like, you know, have someone actually physically walking through it. Oh, I was thinking of like the giant, like wooden miner, like the like the really like it wasn't that was what she was in though it was in like one of yeah, those yeah, like yeah. fancy yeah. ones. Yeah, no, no, that's what we're talking about in the, in the actual children's room at the beginning when she right. flies in, she comes in as a star and she flies yeah. and like lands yeah. into the dollhouse and dances all around through. No, all and that looks great. I love that. Yeah, it looks looks amazing. I want to know how they did like the when Tinkerbell is actually flying around and you yeah. can see Julia Roberts sometimes. And mm, they got the yeah. globe, you know, the the little yellow globe behind her or in front of her. I don't know how the fuck they did that. I don't know. Yeah, if that, look, that stuff looks really good. Yeah, is that like rotoscope? Is she drawn on there? Like, there's no. It's got to be. There's no way they could have shot that. That's like in 1991. This is not CGI. I mean, like, I have no idea how they did it. I kept thinking about it over and over again. Like, it has to be like just rotoscoped, hand drawn. Yeah. No. I mean, like, if if they have obviously they have some kind of a practical light that they're floating around the set to get all those interactive lighting. And then if they just have her in like a static shot where she's like kicking her legs and moving her arms so it kind of looks like she's flying because it's not really like it's blurry enough that you can't see the animation. And then they just put another like little lens flare on top of it. I, I would it's it seems very sensible. I, it, I, when did Roger Rabbit come out? Like there's hand drawn stuff on these kinds of things. Yeah, but this didn't actually look. I don't know. It didn't look hand drawn. Yeah, yeah. Like you could see her hands moving in some shots too. And there were some times where you could even see her facial expression, like her eyebrows yeah. raise up. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? How are they doing that? What they, you don't think they could do is just a composite of her like on a green screen and then like, yeah. lay that if, in. And if she's like in a big shot that's centered on the screen and then they can shrink it down and move what it are around you on the about? thing. They can't, any... they, you can't scale. You can't I mean, scale no, but how, how are they making her zig around on like what, what is she? How are they moving? her like that how 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 are they getting that kind of movement when she's that tiny i'm not talking about when like you see her and like uh, it's just julia roberts and they have a blow-up set behind her right i'm talking about when she's moving with the other actors in frame and she's zipping and zagging all around and you can see her arms like there's no way they fucking shot that like what would they shoot they were gonna like drag julia roberts like a fucking I mean, Put her like, on a harness and just like yeah. swing her back and forth. <laughs> think about how far she would have back have to be from the camera to get the perspective right. Like, oh my god, you'd need a soundstage <laughs> that would be like fucking a football field at least, bare minimum. And how how fucking you know to get her that tiny in the frame just in a medium close up? Be ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah, it just it just blew my mind. Yeah, you're breaking my brain with that. Huh. But yeah, I don't, yeah. Th- these are these are the things that I was like, man, this this stuff's incredible. But then I don't know. Some of the other stuff is just head scratching. Like, why the who the fuck made this decision? Like, why? Like what? Like, why does this movie? The, why does the whole film look like a stage play? Okay, I was thinking about that actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and at first, I thought it was clever because it opens right with the stage play, and so I thought the first time I did it, I was like, oh, they really like went for it and replicated it. And but then it just got kind of annoying. I thought all of the production design, it's clear they had money and clear that, I mean, someone kind of knew what they were doing, but it doesn't look good. It, everything looks bad, actually, in this. I They clearly have money. It looks better than if, you know, there are a lot of people who could have really botched this, I feel like, but 
But this is also botched. This is also botched in a yeah, way. It like it's crazy that you sit here and you're like, everything is ornate. And yes, it looks good. And yes, this is the costume. And yes, this is the chair. And yes, this is everything. But it looks so fake. Everything looks so fake. It looks. It feels really like bad. a set. Yeah, it feels like a set. I think it's it, on purpose, yeah. though, right? It, yeah. it, it's because like if you, if you look at like everyone's costumes, if you look at the way the cat the Captain Hook looks, or even the Peter Pan costume, it's very like what you stereotypical what you think it should be, right? So everything is that storybook uh, theatrical feel, and I think that, that, that he's trying to like feel that for a reason, or, or or he's matching a style of like the old style TV shows and movies and stuff from like the 50s and stuff that has but, that feel. But you can take that style and still make it immersive and still make it real and they didn't. This is like you're looking at a flat It's thing. very observational instead of being fun like you're into it. Yeah. It's, it's like you're back from it a little bit. I don't know. It's a weird feeling. How much of that do you think was Spielberg and how much do you think of it was Dean Cundy and his, his cinematographer choices? Like well, the way he lit the big set as like a, a set as opposed to making it feel more I don't naturalistic. think you can fix it with lighting. I don't, yeah, I don't think you can fix it with lighting. And I think it was Spielberg because the quote that said that he was insecure about the script and he didn't feel confident directing this said that he, when he did not feel good about it, he really leaned in the, to, into the production design. And mm. that was what he used as a crutch, which I think is a little horrifying because it's so bad. It's... I think that's what he tried to do when he didn't know what to do. And his solution was to make it bigger, but it didn't work. He didn't go big in the right direction. And no, it's just not good. I just, it, it, like one of the guys, I, I really noticed it. I really noticed it during the, um, the food scene where they're all the lost boys yeah. are eating imaginary food and then the food comes to life and it comes to life and you're like what the fuck is that <laughs> like a lot of like really fake looking pudding type things yeah the, yeah. even like the, i think Rainbow they had meat up there and you're yeah. just like no that's not i think they sanitary. wanted that because like, they don't. knew that they, i think they knew that they were going to have that food fight so they just made all this cream and they're like just throw the cream at each other it's the safest thing so don't throw well, anything never, no cream. no man, look no. No. Yeah. It, it's a no. problem with the whole movie it's this aesthetic like for whatever reason they're like rainbow colors everything everywhere like there's a yeah. there's a gun that shoots out like fucking red liquid and i'm like what and then it shoots yeah. out blue liquid and green liquid yeah. and i'm like what the fuck yeah. is that thing why do they have that what is that yeah it makes no sense it's it's thing. the egg gun, gun and the weird yeah. marble gun they don't do anything there's no like harm there you know, there yeah oh no that's, that's that's not true there's harm in the movie oh yeah, yeah no people get killed and <clears throat> that's why this movie's a tonal mess shot. as well yeah that actually really bothered me i did not really hate it until the end actually the whole time I was watching it, I was like, you know, I was told this was a fluff piece and not to expect anything. And it's kind of cute. It's kind of nice. It's kind of okay. And then, no, the ending, like, completely fell apart. <laughs> it was so bad at the end. Bad at bad how? I mean, let's talk about let's talk about the death scene of Rufio. Rufio! And Rufio dies. And then... His whole the whole reason he dies is so that he can look to Peter and go, I wish I had a dad like you. So that then the kid can say, wait, I want my oh, dad. Shit, sorry, dad. And then all of a sudden. Yeah. Even though like, why is the kid apologizing? Fuck Peter. Like he was a fucking shitty dad. Like that kid has every right <laughs> to be mad. And then the kid, Peter and everyone else is just like, you know what? We don't need to fight. Um, let's just go. Bye. And like, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, the little girl said that, and they were like, damn it, you're right. 
No, she's not right. He just killed Rufio. <laughs> no, he's not. No, the little he's girl just a is mean stupid. Old man without a mommy, she's though. seven. Yeah, he's a mean man without a mommy. And you know what those people do? They hurt other people. And they, they need Rufio. to be stopped. Stop. Yeah. No, we should not be listening to the seven-year-old child. Okay, that is not what we're gonna do right now. And then, like, so then you know, Hook continues to try to kill people because uh, that's what he does. And then Peter like is like, oh, I'm gonna fight, except he doesn't. And then like there's just like a big like cloud of smoke and hook disappears and everyone's like, Oh, we did it. And I'm you like, you did burp? what? What did you do? <laughs> that you still makes nothing. no sense. How it nothing. makes zero sense. It makes zero sense, but apparently he's in the belly of the croc. Okay, no, because the crocodile that finally thing, got to eat the rest of him. That thing just fell straight on him, and if you look, his mouth is open. He had plenty of room to walk away. There was so much like dirt; <laughs> no one could see what was going on. He was if surrounded was in a like, circle by Lost like, Boys. No, Mike, you sound like those people <laughs> that are like, Charlize Theron nothing, could not have moved. Nothing. <laughs> the donut. Oh, you talking about Prometheus? <laughs> yeah, you should have zigged. Why did you zag? <laughs> <laughs> the, see, this, this should have been called the Captain Hook problem. Yeah, I like how when he stands, he just stands up just in time, just to to let the let the croc fall on him. I don't know, man. He apparated in, into this into the thing. I don't know. It's so stupid. Yeah. It's it makes, so it makes no I, the sense. The other thing that really made me angry is that the the, the two kids like fly home. And there's their mom, and they're like, oh, she looks like an angel. Let's not wake her. Let's just crawl into bed so she can wake up and continue crying over us. <laughs> you know, like, what? what is wrong? This little seven-year-old girl is the voice of wisdom that we're supposed to listen to, and she's like, no, let's just let her sleep and continue to be sad. That's because so the we can whole have thing moment. was a fucking dream. Wait, no, it wasn't. I, no, oh, it wasn't. Oh, hold up. What the fuck are you talking no, about? You can't say that. It's yeah, bullshit. You can't. <laughs> way too That's- many, like. Why? Because Phil Collins shows up as the police officer? No, because uh, Smee shows up at the very end of the movie. Yeah. Captain Hook is also uh, the pilot. They're trying to do this Wizard of Oz bullshit. Yeah, it's very Wizard you of Oz. You were there, and you were there. But see, the difference is, is Wizard of Oz is like, when we're in Oz, that's Oz. You know? Like, the people in the reality, you know, that we meet. They're just they, people. Yeah, they, they fill in for our make-believe time. But they're two separate worlds. This no separation whatsoever at all. They try to play he's it off travel. like it's a dream when he wakes up and he's like uh, by the statue. And then Tinkerbell shows up. And you're like, okay, maybe this is going to be the last of the, the Never Never Land things. And they're going to play this off like it was all a dream, which I fucking hate. Right? I, uh, I don't, wouldn't even like that fucking idea because you, then you're just ripping off of a, a Christmas carol. But then they take it a step further and have the old man get his fucking marbles back and then he floats off and the whole family just watches him smiling. And I'm just like, <laughs> this is the dumbest shit. fucking thing I have ever fucking seen. Fuck this movie. Fuck this movie. It's just like things happen and characters just stand around and like, duh, duh. Oh, God. It's called a reaction shot. Oh, yeah, I know. Michael uh, Michael Kahn held on a lot of them in this movie. Like, goddamn, how long was that Pan Am fucking plane fucking flying through the clouds? I was like, oh, my God. I get it. It's a plane. It's flying in the clouds. Five seconds later, it's still fucking on screen. I'm like, goddamn. Dude, when they cut inside that fucking flight, dude, that flight is 
frightening. Like, <laughs> holy yeah. a lot shit. of turbulence. Lot of turbulence, man. And then that kid <laughs> throwing that ball around, I'm telling you, man, I would have said something. Like, it, airplanes <laughs> must have been way more lax back in the day because holy fucking shit. <laughs> They're double layered. You can't you break can, them. No, like, I, I was questioning that because I, airlines were, la- were, were lax back in the day, but not enough so that you could throw a baseball around. <laughs> And no one says shit. He's he's just up there doing it, you know? Yeah, he's just doing it. There's no flight attendants around. And just his dad who's, like, scared. And it's like, sir, you need to be the father here. Like, come on. (sighs) But he he doesn't know how to be a dad. I guess that's the thing is he doesn't know how to be a dad because he never wanted to grow up. And so uh, he just yells at his kids. Like, he's kind of a shit father. I I don't know. why they left him and defected to Hook, honestly. The the kids are kind of shitty. I would yell at those kids, too. If I was on a fucking phone call... They're they're shitty. You're be- always on the phone. Oh, I know, Dad. I know. That's no, he true. was on the phone, always and they all the came phone. in. He no, 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 because he was on a business phone call, and all the whole family came in and started like making noise and playing. Like, yeah, no, I understand. I understand his reaction in that. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was fair. Yeah, where was his wife being like, children? Your dad's on the phone. Go play downstairs. Well, she right, clearly did. Yeah, phone. she didn't give a fuck either. She's just like, no, I hate your business deal. That's gonna make us millions and billions of dollars. Fuck that shit. So we can take trips to across the ocean. I know. <laughs> the whole family. Rob just looking well, at her and be like, you know how many people class. get to go to the UK? You bitch. <laughs> I thought it was <laughs> really funny that right after that scene where she's like, you work too much and you need to be a father and you need to be present in this family. They're like, bye kids. And they go off to like another work <laughs> thing. <laughs> this gay love thing. I was like, lady, you are part of the problem. I love the lighting in that scene with with like the bare bulb and the kids like ref- uh, like uh, shadows on the oh, wall. Oh yeah, the shadows the shadow on the play really fun. and the yeah. way that they they let that bare bulb burn throughout the whole scene where he he gets mad and, and then it cuts back in and the wife comes in and like you know drops some knowledge on him. Uh, that the lighting in there is really really pretty and and this is the way that the camera works like people people walking into into framings. You know what I mean? I love that. It's like I let, mean let that's it, pretty classic live. Spielberg. Yeah, blocking nice. by you know. Instead of moving the camera on, he just lets people move in the frame. Yeah, that's the way. Yeah, I didn't feel that that much in this movie though. Really, it was totally there. Yeah, I felt it a couple times when he was like uh, doing things where he would do wonders, and we would be yeah. looking in a window, and you wouldn't know it at the time. You think the camera's in the room, out. and then he pull yeah, out. Yeah, and it's really an exterior. I was impressed by those, but outside of that, I gotta say, man, it, this this is missing a lot of Spielberg flair. I just man, it just doesn't feel like anybody gave a fuck about this movie. Like even Robin Williams doesn't seem like Robin Williams. He seems like he's like fucking on downers or something, man. Like somebody give that guy a rail of coke. God, <laughs> let's. He become you no. Know, he becomes Robin Williams at the end when he's like climbing the drain pipe and he's all that. That's when he actually becomes Robin. Yeah, Williams. when he when he's finally happy for the first time in the movie. Man, it's I'm, a character arc. Okay, look. <laughs> if you're going to have your character arc and you're going to become Peter Pan, you need to do it before the last 20 minutes of the fucking movie. <laughs> well, it, this movie is about him dealing with his childhood trauma and all the ways that he suppressed all those things. He literally didn't remember the first 12 years of his life. Yeah, that's because he's 150 years old. Right. Like, right. like, like, we, like, like we if he about- was, if he was, I was thinking about this too. Cause if he, if he was like nine or 10 or whatever when he first met Wendy and then he comes back and she's like 80 or maybe let's say 65 when he comes back because he's 40 let's, and she's now supposed to be like 90. Let's say he, pre- he's presenting as nine or 10, but he's fucking 50. When he meets Wendy, you know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't know how old he was. It, in the it's first really place. weird. Like, like apparently, you you can age in Neverland up to a certain point. 
because when Tinkerbell abducts him and right, then takes him, oh and takes him to fucking <laughs> to Neverland, <laughs> abducts him. She saved him. She saved him. No. What do you mean? She's just <laughs> like, oh, I found a baby. <laughs> She's like, I need a baby napper and a half. Bro. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> she, she fucking kid. She, yeah, she kidnaps fucking. <laughs> she kidnaps Peter. It takes him off to a fucking alternate dimension, where like you only. <laughs> You you only age up to twelve or whatever ten, right? Yeah, because you can't hit puberty because then you grow up into an adult. So so you you can you age up, up to pirate. that point. Well, I guess right, you can because some of the at the, age of 12, the Lost Boys were younger. The, the Lost Boys are different ages, and they all were there what? when Peter was. Rufio's there. the only one that's like a teenager. Rufio's like fifteen, sixteen. If if you make a if you make a vampire, they stay a vampire that age forever, right? So like if but if you go to Neverland, you just can't hit puberty. I don't know what the rules are. Even though are. Rufio, yeah, maybe, no, they, they, they fuck with the rules. Maybe Pan was aging <laughs> when he went to go see other people and go like oh, see every his time family. he left Neverland. That's, that's when he would age yeah. just a little bit. I, I had the same feeling with this when I was watching like Twilight, you know, and, and like you've got this like you've got this vampire guy who, who is in this high school, right? And he's like fucking eighty. And he's like dating this fucking sixteen year old girl, right? And then then you get like Peter Pan, who like Twink says, We had a hundred perfect summers. So he's yeah. over a hundred yeah. years old. Okay. Can and, we also talk about how fucking Wendy is like old as shit and still like thirsty as fuck? No, let's talk about how she lets this fucking dude into her fucking uh, fucking granddaughter's bedroom, and then fucking like, yeah, go ahead and kiss her in the sleep. Let's get this going. I want to watch it. Like, I remember I them watch. days. And she's gonna be upset because she can't have you. Like, what the fuck? Like, how do you like? How are you even thinking that this girl's even gonna fall in love, with Peter Pan? Did she, like, you was like, oh, this is Peter Pan. She knows how quick Peter it Pan? happens. Like, <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Like, who fucking wrote this fucking shit, man? Like, fucking tone, All that shit. All that shit went over my head as a kid. But, like, right there, this time, uh, I was like, wow, this yeah. is wild. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> I'm going to give her a real kiss. Every time Wendy came down, <laughs> whoa, I was like, whoa. boy. I was like, ooh, damn. She's just saying, hey, sex god, turn around. <laughs> give me some Dude, sugar. Hello, he, he would boy. He would come flying, knock on the window every now and then. They go flying off like Superman and fuck somewhere, and then come back, and then like he drops her off. She goes back into her life, and then he pops back in about three or four years later, and they do the same thing. But then he goes off and gets into some adventures and comes back, and it's fucking 40 years later. And he's like, oh, yeah. shit. I, li- I like you see his yeah. hand reaction when she turns around. He, you <laughs> see like, him like, oh, huh. he's like, oh, oh. <laughs> holy oh. shit. <laughs> You've been sitting in that chair for a long time. <laughs> How many socks have you done? <laughs> she went darning socks to damning socks. Fuck. Man. It's kind of fucked up, too. Because, like, you know, uh, Wendy even says she's like, she just got tired of, of waiting for him. So that's why she got married and had kids. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> She's like, yep. even on my wedding day, I wore a pink satin sash. I, I, know, right? I was expecting you to show up, and you didn't come. So I was like, "Fuck it." Ah, uh, so weird, man. Mm. Hey, man. Sometimes you got to move on. MPAA must have been uh, bribed or asleep when they approved this for PG. Oh, this was PG. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. So why do you think it should have been PG thirteen? I mean, come on, Just- that subject matter, and then Rufio's death on top of that. I mean, like uh, that was still pretty PG. It's sword fighting. No, look, no, no, no. You, you, you can't set up a world right where pirates have swords, and the guys are that are fighting the pirates are little kids, and they don't have weapons. They have stupid things, right? And then no, they all have knives. Remember that's at the opening scene where they yeah, all pull out no, no, knives. No, no, I'm, ta- I'm talking about the end, right? We get to the end. We, we have the gumball. We have the the gumball gun. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have right, all those. Right. We, that's what we're shown, right? 
Okay, and then right right after that, uh, the all the pirates turn their swords over to the Lost Boys, who yeah. also had swords in that moment. Yeah, so so they've won, and then Rufio dies, and it's just like it it breaks my brain. As a little kid, it broke my brain because it's like, well, wait a minute, if you can just kill them, you guys are grown ups. You all have swords. Just kill the little kids. It destroys, like, when you're a little kid, it destroys the magic of the film. And when you're an adult, you're just like, well, this is stupid as shit. Like, you have to pick a lane and stay in a lane. What are your fucking rules? You have to build your world on rules. You can't just do whatever the fuck you want. We don't know how to feel about it. Yeah, actually, uh, to kind of add to that, when I was watching this movie right like literally like 10 seconds before Rupio died I was like this is so dumb like the sword fight is so dumb because no one's going to die everyone is safe there are no stakes in this and then he did die and then I was like oh this is actually interesting what's going to happen and the the answer was nothing they didn't they didn't do anything they really care they really care that Rufio died no nobody cared like Rufio's so badass that when he comes into a room, everybody screams, Rufio! It's like fucking Norm from Cheers. When Norm <laughs> walks in, everybody's like, Norm! So, like, I would like to live to a certain point where when I walk into a room, everybody's like, Jared! And I'm like, fuck yeah! But, like, here's the deal. He died and nobody gave a fuck. Like, damn. The guy, the guy who was our fucking leader for fucking 40 years yeah. is fucking dead. And we don't give a shit. Because Hook is gone. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's like Steven Spielberg back. knew to like not include the funeral scene because that doesn't totally fit. But neither does the death scene, dumbass. Come on, you're Steven Spielberg. Why am I telling you this? You know they should have had they should have had a big moment for Rufio before the wrap up. Hell, we're already we're already almost three hours. It's there two was twenty. Time. Yeah, <laughs> almost three hours. Yeah, felt like why six was this hours. Two hours? It felt like three hours. Minutes. Like I thought this was like gonna the again a little drags. plus hour and a half movie, and it was not. <laughs> I was <laughs> not happy about that. How am I supposed to watch this three times? <laughs> Ninety minutes and he's still not paid. Fuck. Peter Banning. Oh. And on that groaner, let's take a break. Let's play the trailer for Hook. Hook. Give us the hook. We'll be right back. children you must make yourself remember remember what peter don't you know who you are have to fly have to fight have to crow have to save maggie have to save jack Where are we going? To Never Never Land. 
All right, we're back. That was the trailer for Steven Spielberg's Hook. The trailer was just as long and boring as the movie. Good mm-hmm. God. <laughs> Made me want to watch Candyman again. That was a really <laughs> bad trailer. Or a really good trailer for a different movie? I don't know. None yeah. of the same tone from this yeah. whatsoever. That score piece didn't really match the, the vibe. I Any mean, more like fun swashbuckling. Uh, I mean, it, you could it, say that for the movie. <laughs> you know, put some swashbuckling in the movie. We could have it in the trailer. I mean, they chase Peter Pan around trying to get his shoes. That's swashbuckling. Yeah. They're sword fighting. Yeah. Peter Pan's got a cool, like, gold sword. Yeah, that little, like, machete-looking size thing. Mm. Well, he's he's supposed to be ten. So it'd yeah. be a big no, sword it, for it, it would be. It would have been a big sword for when he was ten. But he was older than ten, though. Well, the hook tells him to a ten-year-old, I'm huge. When he says, I remember you being a lot bigger, so. Maybe, maybe he was 12. Who, who, who knows? It doesn't matter. He's a child. Let's talk about Dustin Hoffman here. Yeah, what's your problem, Brian? <laughs> the namesake of the film is amazing. Hook. Is he amazing? I don't know. There are some it's moments. steel-handed stingray. There's some moments where I do I do like him. I, I think his performance is really, really good. Like his introduction mm, scene yes. when they actually, like, they're sharpening the hook. And they bring it Absolutely to him. Absolutely pitch perfect. I think that's the best scene in the entire film. You think they I do that every day? Agree with that. Like yeah. in England with the calling of the guard? You think they <laughs> they fucking like walk the hook out every day? And Yeah, why wouldn't they? I would. Uh, that's I, a lot. Maybe it was just a Sunday he's, ritual. It could have been. <laughs> he's unfathomable. So quick, he's even fast asleep. I just love how many puns Smee has to throw out before the pirates get one of them. Well, they're all stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Smee translate. Three days is going to be a war. <laughs> wow, between good and evil. Yeah, see, I loved Bob Haskins. I think he stole the He movie. has so much fun in every fucking scene that he's in. I super loved him. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. D- Dustin Hoffman, it's, it's a weird performance. I don't know. Like, there's moments that I really like, and then... There are moments where, like, that suicide scene where he's like, stop me, Smee, stop me. It's just, I don't know. It's just. <sighs> oh, come on. I thought that was great. Don't try and stop me this time, Smee. Don't you try and stop me. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Captain Hook from the Disney cartoon at that moment. Yeah. I, th- I think yeah. that's what they're going for. 100%. But the rest of the movie doesn't remind me of the Disney Hook. That moment does. I don't. It, it's weird. Like, when they're busting the clocks and everything like that, that doesn't feel like Captain Hook from the, the Disney cartoon. That feels like this new evolved hook that they're going after, you know, that is a little bit more depressed because he doesn't this have his war. never letting me blow bubbles in my chocolate milk. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I always hated that line as <laughs> the first thing line. that you're yeah. like, this is your dad's fucking watch. And that's like, the, that's yeah. what you're going to throw out for. Like, I, I mean, I was thinking about it this time. It, they do need a bit of a buildup. And if you're going to have something that's stupid. Like, that's a decent, stupid first line, but not as the, your dad's watch should be the first thing that you bust. Like, so, that, I mean, they needed a ramp. They just, I felt like they needed to use his watch as, like, the final thing where he's like, now I'm I'm pissed at you, dad, so I'm going to actually bust your watch. That would be better if, if they, like, start smashing clocks and then they then they lay the watch down. And then he has a moment where he, if he needs to or not, and then he does it. Yeah. That would be a better build. Yeah. That, that was the one scene that I've always, since I was a kid, felt like they well, built weird. But to be fair, Dad kind of threw him the watch in a really awkward, weird moment. You know, he's like, "We you just in got in trouble." Now. Here's your watch. Yeah, and and you know, you, they're they're having a little tiff between each other. But then Dad pops over and has like a like a genuine Dad moment, and he's like, "You know, you're you're the you're the king of the castle now. No, you got to watch and make keep everybody safe. And here, here's a watch to 
so you can so you can tell what time it is. Like he should have said, so you could you know so you could track the time until we're back or something. There was no like personal connection there. It was just like you know this is my dad's. I don't know. It, it felt very like rushed. But the whole relationship between Jack and Peter is kind of thrown together. They don't actually seem to really have a relationship, and so like it's they build it up so that peter's just never there and so when he develops this like odd sort of guilt over what he's doing by which i mean jack um it it just it seems off to me it seems very strange to me that he suddenly cares so much about someone who was never there he's so loyal to this man who's never there and who doesn't really seem to care you know, I okay, I hate it. I, I hate when Hollywood, I think this is a little bit of like a, an elitist mentality from rich people that I, I hate the whole my dad or my mom or whatever parent it is, they don't spend time with me because they're fucking at work providing for me. Like, yeah. motherfuckers, this is what real people have to go through every fucking day. If you don't have a lot of fucking income... You're working. Sometimes you work two fucking jobs. Does yeah. that mean they're fucking terrible fucking parents? Fuck you. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I would like to clarify my, my previous statement because. Um, no, it's just the, it's these movies. No, 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 I'm not, no, no. I'm not you're, you're right. Yeah, it's the movie. I have yeah. a problem with the way the movie portrays it because you're right. Like there are kids who have excellent relationships with their parents who work all the time who they don't see because their parents are working all the time, and that doesn't mean they don't care. But the way the movie portrays it, how do you know that he cares? I mean, I actually like, <laughs> I actually had the note that like I feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger is a better dad in Turbo Man that movie. Yes, yes. Even the <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. And like, and and I kept comparing the two, the their relationship to them because you know that Arnold Schwarzenegger is always working around the clock and doing everything he can, even though he's absent for his kid. And in this movie, you don't get that at all. Yeah, no, you know what? I think part of the problem is that when we see him at work, he's just he's being a dick. He's going around having his secretary like write fucking the letter to fucking Wendy for him. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's personal. And then he's playing like, uh, I don't know, uh, draw the cell phone. Yeah, but in that scene where, where they're where they're like, you know, uh, doing quick draw with their cell phones, he's wearing a he's wearing a baseball cap because he's planning on going. You know, he's thinking about yeah, it. He, no, kinda. he's on his way. He's Is trying he's to leave the office. I know. So no, so saying, I'm saying, I, think, I think he outwardly yeah. tries to show that he gives a fuck about his kids, but he doesn't really want to. He would rather sit uh, there and play games and like and like prolong like like he doesn't really. Yeah, he's more care. interested in building bonds with his coworkers than he is in building bonds with his kids. And it drove me absolutely up the wall when he said to his kid, what my bond is my word, I'm going to be there. And then he didn't make that effort. And he had a cell phone. They had that whole scene where, yes, they had to draw the cell phone. You can't call and be like, hey, I'm running late or hey, I'm not going to make it. Or well, hey, he has are a cell you phone, guys- but his wife doesn't. Yeah, she's yeah. a woman. <laughs> She's a woman. She doesn't know how to use a cell phone, but, Kristen. Come on. This is 1991. Yeah. <laughs> Women didn't figure that shit out until, like, the aughts. Oh, excuse me. When social media <laughs> happened, right? That's when the women got we it. Had to have that sexy, <laughs> we had to have that sexy shot where, like, you know, when, when he's, like, running up to the, 
baseball field. We have that sweeping that crane shop. Giant and it's empty. Like, jib up over it. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. It re- not like people leaving like so fucking empty. Angry. Yeah. That made me so angry. How did you not know the game would be over? Well, I don't know. I, yeah, no, I also think about that. Like, you, you, you know, know what time. Ga- you know what time the game started. Like, yeah. you know how long baseball games are. And it's Little League. Like, they don't go more than two fucking hours. Like, you you, ha- you don't have a fucking watch? Oh, you do. You give it to your kid, like, three scenes later. And his assistant is there videotaping it. Like, come on. Like, give me a fucking break. You have no intention of going. The fact that you showed up after it was done just shows that you're a dick person making, like, these these grand overtures, but you're not actually doing anything. Maybe because he's he's been out of Neverland for so long that he's, like, the longer he's out, the more he, like, loses his memory. Because you notice that, like, every time he meets someone, he, he never remembers their name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's everybody. Everybody. He's, he's constantly. That was because he's a bad person. Yeah, I think that's what they were going with. And I think that he's a bad person because he's lost his childlike imagination and his like playfulness and all of that. But, yeah, he's like, lost touch with his childhood. Would you just I, grow up? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's fair. I don't like the way they showed it. I didn't like any of it, actually. He can't but remember think... his childhood because of fucking Neverland's a magical place. <laughs> so we, what are we talking about? God damn, stupid screenwriters. Yeah, the writing on this was just terrible. And on that note, I actually really hated Tinkerbell because, oh, my God, like she's supposed to be this like very fiery spirited, you know, jealous, ill tempered. Like she has a really bad temper Um, and and she's not in love with Peter Pan either. She she doesn't want to be replaced. She's his sidekick. She doesn't want to be replaced. She's not in love with him. And the fact that Julia Roberts is like, no, but I love you and let me kiss you. And I have all these emotions for you. Bitch, shut the fuck up. You have done nothing. You are a one dimensional character in this. And I I guess it's very cool the way like they have her but she's also very vain too she would never look like that like girl take care of yourself pick yourself up and like do something with your hair like <laughs> i just it bothered you me like the cut? way they they portray yeah no pixie cuts are fine that's not the problem the short hair is not a problem it's listen I hated Tinkerbell in this. And and Julia Roberts the whole time. Like she's just like this sickeningly sweet, supportive. Like she's so one-dimensional when the original Tinkerbell, I guess you could argue that she's like a caricature of like uh, uh, I don't know somebody who hates women would come up with this caricature but like I actually like it a lot better because she's in the original like she's like very fierce and she's very loyal uh, and yes she she does have a temper and she does get jealous and she, I think she tries to kill Wendy at one point I'm, I, yeah she does oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but so what so she loves Peter Pan she's very loyal she helps her friends like like she has way more of a personality in the cartoon <laughs> there like she does nothing than she does in this one and this one julia roberts is just like hi guys what can i do for you today like girl ugh. and she she's just it. she's there to like for them to cut that things are happening and they cut back to her and she's like excited you know yeah you know, yes that's yeah. Not yeah. how yeah. she should be using tinkerbell that's no. not no especially when she's like the only lady in your fucking movie like come on let's let's give her a personality please like a little bit of a personality just a little bit of a personality <sighs> she and she, yeah no she looks bad she was wearing like rags her hair is just like <laughs> she was wearing rags. she's wearing rags tinkerbell is so vain <laughs> She loves, she's obsessed with her looks. No, she um, had that one like ball gown that she wore. She was like, do you like my dress? No, it was ugly. That was also ugly. No. <laughs> that was her only good dress left. 
Yeah, it was a <laughs> hand-me-down from my grandmother's prom. <laughs> that is oh, what it looked like. Man. It did. The fairy prom. So uh, my great-grandmother, Carrie, gave me this. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's taken me 20 years to get the blood out. <laughs> and you know what? And when, when, when she comes out to him and she, and she says that I love you, and all that she 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 like makes herself grow big and she whatever how however that works and then she has this moment and he does not give a fuck he does not care about her feelings or anything he's like he's like wait you should come with me I've got a, I've got an idea like and she's like just just fucking forget about it you go on you know well she's the one that also has to remind him that like you know hey you're kids Captain oh yeah you have kids yeah. by the way yeah. Cause I yeah, guess he makes that. Considering he's like a married man who loves his family, allegedly, he makes out with a lot of women in this movie. Well, no, the mermaids were giving him air. Yeah, that was definitely for his exactly, survival. Yeah, of yeah, course. He yeah. was totally into that man. I also did not like the mermaid. Like the costumes were. I. It was interesting. I didn't. The fins were cool, but like. They had like these, like their chest, like it was weird. It was weird. I don't really know what that was. It just looked like they were like stickers that were stuck on to the to their breasts, but like they weren't stuck on very well. I don't. You, you, no one noticed this. And I could not get over the fact that these young women were coming up and kissing Robin Williams. I was just like, this is so <laughs> fucking creepy. That's the only thing I thought about in this I think whole Julia scene. Roberts was like 23 or whatever, and she's like kissing 40-year-old Robin Williams. Uh, yeah, but she looks at least closer to his age. Those look like teenagers, bro. That's true. <laughs> Swimming up to him like, true. hey. <laughs> you like hey, 16? <laughs> <laughs> Mermaids are sexual creatures. Water keeps you young. Mother of pearl, you know. I guess. Mm. Mm. Nasty. Oil of LA. And now, I feel like they could have, I mean, uh, like they could have used the mermaids. Like one of the things that I loved about the original was that they are walking around. This is this just boiled it down to the Lost Boys versus the pirates. You don't really get to see much of the world, and we already talked about how bad <laughs> the ship was. But the Lost Boys, like, also looked really bad. The clothing and the sets and and all of it. I just. It looked like someone kind of threw it together, and it did look like they have money. So I don't really know what the problem was. No ideas. Yeah, the, the track that like the, the like the <laughs> wind windboard skateboard <laughs> thing that's like Rufio comes flying in, and later on there's like a shot where they like crane out, and then and then they reveal that little track, and then a guy goes and goes by on it. It's all rickety and shaking and shit. You're like, man, this looks really bad. <laughs> it looks really cheap. Yeah, it, uh, it looks like a stage play kind of situation. It does. It does. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, it's very. Um, yeah, but in the previous versions of Peter Pan, even if it was a stage play, there wasn't a goddamn skateboard running around on a fucking ramp. It's so stupid. It's like some but '90s what? updating bullshit. That shit was yeah, the was. coolest in '91 when this fucking came out. You didn't want to ride that when you were a kid. No. <laughs> Damn. It, Ryan I doesn't like think fun. Of- <laughs> um, I did think of while I was watching this, and I know it's slightly different, but I did think of Jim Henson and his world building. And I know there's no puppets in this, but he can build worlds like the te- where it's not for lack of technology, because you can take all of this practical stuff and create really amazing, wonderful things. And so when I look at this and all of the money they had and all of the talent they had, it, I really feel like it's a failure. Like if anyone else had done it, like fine, you did a good job. But like with with these people, no, this is a failure. 
Yeah, with anyone else, it would have been fine, but with these people, it was a failure. Yeah, like if someone locally had what done this, what a standard for if those somebody people. Somebody locally had do done better, this, I would Spielberg. say, "Wow, you did a great job." <laughs> it is Steven Spielberg, motherfuckers. Come on, you guys yeah, are this acting is like Steven fucking. Spielberg. This is Steven Spielberg and Robin Williams this. and Julia Roberts <laughs> and Dustin. Yeah, no, come on. There's so much talent in front of and behind the camera here that I don't know. This should have been so much better. This should have been so much. Much better than it was. Let's think about it this way. How many Oscars winners and how many Oscars have been won from all of the fucking people in front and behind the camera that were in this, right? A lot. Yeah, you're talking An about like fucking 50 fuck Oscars ton. at least. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. They didn't have enough money. Like, what, what was the budget, Brian? It was fucking $80 million. This is the only, since Jaws, this is the only Steven Spielberg shoot that went over schedule. Went over. Yeah, it went from like budget. ninety days to one hundred and twenty days or something like Didn't that. Didn't people yeah. not take salary like Robin Williams and Robin oh. Williams, Steven Spielberg, and Dustin Hoffman uh-huh. all apparently were supposed to take forty percent of the gross. They took up 50, to the f- I think. Really? Uh, yeah, uh, it, that, may, it may that, have been forty, but whatever. This, this, the stat that I read was. Uh, they didn't take salaries for the film. Their deal called for them to split forty percent of TriStar's gross revenues, and they were received Fuck, that's so twenty much. million for the first fifty million in gross theatrical films. Uh, with TriStar keeping the next seventy uh, before the three resumed receiving their percentage. So everything past ninety million in the box office, they were going to get another forty percent on after that. So, how so these you? these dudes made like seven million dollars each just at the at, as soon as the movie started making money, basically. Before all of their points afterwards, that's a ridiculous that's a, deal. That's a fuck ton of money. <laughs> yeah, like who, who pays who pays somebody that much money? Like get the fuck out of here. Nineteen ninety one. Come on, that's Jack Nicholson money, baby. Woo! But it was consi- it was still considered a failure, though, right? Yeah, it was considered a uh, yeah because uh, it cost eighty million dollars. It made a uh, hundred and nineteen million in the United States, which is like five million dollars more than what the Adams family made. It made three hundred million uh, worldwide, though. But I mean, everybody expected this to be the movie of the year. This was supposed to be the biggest hit of the year. And Terminator Two came out, and everyone was like, "Well, maybe it'll be the second biggest hit of the year." And then Beauty and the Beast <laughs> came out and just fucking oh Jesus killed yeah. that whole holiday season. Like that was the runaway hit, and nobody was talking about Hook after the first two weekends. Yeah, well, that's because it wasn't written well. Like, what are you going to talk about? Yeah, that's but true. You can, you, you can see what I mean uh, about the Adams Family Values uh, catapults, how why that stuck in my brain. I was like, this feels very hook. Mm-hmm. Zip mm-hmm. lines and catapults. Yeah. Only done like Wait. a million times better. <laughs> Damn. Because that was enjoyable. Damn. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. The Adams Family Values did it better. Yeah. But yes, you're right. It does feel very hook-ish. Or maybe, yeah. I guess hook came first. Yeah. It feels hook-ish. Just, oh, God. There's just so many bad things in this movie. Like, did anybody else find it really distracting, like, uh, inside Hook's cabin, where he's got his bed and his little toy fucking Never Never Land model set up? Out his windows, it is fucking just like... Uh, like It's like two daylight. colored sheets yeah, of paper. Yeah, it's like blue yeah, and yeah. fucking uh, yeah. whatever else. But yeah. and the exterior shots like that you sunset. see right before then, it's night. Yeah. And it's like, well, wait a minute, what is what is that color stuff out the window? What is that? What is that? Did they get the time of day wrong? But it's always that. It, it no, it doesn't matter what time. It, that's the background. So is that the glass back there? What the fuck is that? 
I have no idea. It just always has a sunset view. Okay. It's just, oh. it's a magical place. All right, touche. <laughs> they did have a giant compass floating in their water. So what do I know? Does uh, does Smee have to eat everything that Hooks eats? Like, Smee like is like, he's testing is for he a poison. Taster? Is he or he's is he testing just for like, poison? Or is he that's, just like yeah. super greedy and he's like you no, know, that's, it's that's, probably that's, both. That's, it's very common. He's testing for poison, and he's also eating his yeah. meal in the process. Yeah, he takes and the alcohol. He, yeah, he, he, t- he brings it over, and, like just barely hands. He's like, "I oh, don't let me take that for you. You don't need that." <laughs> <laughs> he drinks the whole fucking thing too. <laughs> I just love when he tastes the vegetables and just spits it back out on the plate. He's like, "Yeah, no, that's fine." They have a good relationship, you know. Smee takes care of him. He, he gets him back. Oh, on yeah, track. no. As as two old queens who are definitely yeah. gay in a children's movie, and they can't show that, they're delightful together. Yeah, he uses his own. He uses his earwax to fix his mustache. You know, <laughs> I love the sound effect in that. Show. He's like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> oh, there's all like there, this. This, this sound effects are sound all effects. over yeah. this movie. Yeah, very cartoony. And they they pitch up Robin Williams' voice at least three times. Oh uh, yeah, and, and same thing with uh, Tinkerbell. Every time she's small in the frame, her voice is all sped up, pitched up. Yeah, interesting. The only when time do they pitch up Robin Williams' voice, like when he gets shot by the arrow, no, when in the he's crotch. well, I've been shot. Says, I've been shot. <laughs> they do that one, but when he's talking yeah. to her, uh, when she's inside the little treehouse right before she gets big, oh yeah, there's always a every time you you you're oh, in yeah. there and you see her POV of him, there's like a weird echo to his voice. Yeah, that was that was I, I, I was the first. This is the first time I've watched this movie in surround sound, and that was super weird sounding. Like I had never heard it like that before. I'd never seen it in this aspect ratio before. Also, same. Yeah. yeah. It was nice. A lot of the shots looked really good. Many of the processed like VFX stuff did not hold up very well to 4K. I think that has to do with that fucking high key fucking light that they were like everything's so fucking lit and so fucking bright. Yeah. And golden. Yeah. And it's just it's bad for Matt Lines. <laughs> It's just bad. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got nowhere to hide. Well, them. also, like all, all those composites, especially towards the end of the film when they're doing that whole like the kids are flying and or the the one shot in particular when um they start kind of high up and then they sort of jib down and and Peter's like on his knees looking at the kids and he's like take make my kids glow and that's that's just that long it becomes a wonder and like at first I didn't realize it was a wonder until I watched it again. But like that shot is so soft and has this weird like orangey tint to it that when it first started, I was like, "Wait, this looks like one of those VFX shots. Why is it doing that?" And then you know, and then it turns into a thirty-second long one where they fly out of the frame. I'm like, "Oh, it's a really long take to have like composited like that." But there's a lot of those kinds of shots in the movie that I never noticed watching on fucking VHS and pan and scan. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I think I like the. I like the work that the the visual effects people did for the most part. There's some problems with things every now and again, but I don't know. There's just so many things wrong with the movie. I'm not going to give that a hard time at all. <laughs> ILM did their job. That ILM is true. ILM was bangerang. They made it happen. What about Dean Gundy? This was my first movie that was shot by Mr. Gundy. Not true. So those... That when I was a kid in 1991, this was the first film that I saw shot by Dean Cundy. Well, it was the oh, first okay. film that Dean Cundy shot for Steven Spielberg. His second was Jurassic Park, of course. Right. I think he killed it. I think it looks great. Those those blue moonlight shots are just like ingrained in my brain. That's his thing. Oh yeah, it dude. is. It totally is. Like that is the, he he always gets that exact like perfect cyan tone. 
I, yeah, that's what night looks like to me on film. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I love all those push-ins. Like, like I like when um, we're sitting on a shot of like Wendy and, and the kids are talking about how their dad's a, you know, he like, blows people out of the water, oh, yeah. and then there's like this like push-in on. He's like, oh, you've Peter, become a pirate. you become a pirate. That beautiful close-ups. There's this really cool like when um, the kids like touching Peter's face. Oh, there you the are, way, Peter. The way the way. Oh, there you are, Peter. The, the way that that's lit. It's, it's everything's kind of like daylight, but then right when the music changes and they cut out to this wide, and you just see Peter standing there with that kid, and, yeah. and everything's real warm at that moment, and it just kind of changes and builds into this really beautiful moment. The lighting there is really great. Well, uh, they, I mean, for for being a giant set and being very obvious that it's a giant set, they do have three or four different times of day that they have lit through across those, and yeah, for for that whole sequence, which is like. 10 minutes fucking long it's it's long but it goes from that like kind of daytime to that moment and it's finally everything's golden and all the shadows are long and the lights really low yeah it's great everything in this movie's long (laughs) (laughs) the second act really does drag oh it happens the minute like the minute the movie starts everything is so long i don't know why what the fuck was was michael Kahn just fucking rushed like he could not like he couldn't cut this thing fucking down. This does not. I can't believe this is the same fucking editor that, goddamn, cut, et. It's none of that tight pacing is there. Like it just lingers forever. Like when everybody is standing up in that goddamn reception with fucking, oh with yeah. Wendy, yeah, and each person is long. stands up, and I'm just like, oh my god, Robin Williams, say the next fucking line. Say the next line. Why is it taking him fucking ten seconds to say the next line? God damn it. <laughs> He's, he, I he's mean, uncomfortable. The, he, he's he's yeah. building a moment. Oh yeah. I don't know the the, the moments too. that I feel the the slow pacing is during the 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 final fight scene at the end. Like w- when I really noticed it the most was with the rainbow squirt gun. Like the like the beginning of that shot and the end of that shot, you just see pirates like kind of waiting. Like is he about to hit me? Is he about to hit me? Oh, there it is. Oh, now I'm reacting. And like it's just. It, there's, there, it's not fast enough for it to not have as much. Um, not make it feel so cheese. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, there's not enough um, danger happening for it to go as slow as it was. Yeah, it was going really slow. I kept wondering why we were still like on that, like whatever was showing. Like, why are we still here? Because they built that prop and they wanted to use it. Yeah, it's called dire- director's bias. The the shot where um, Rufio throws the sword onto uh, Peter's head like it almost hits him. Do you know that that's reversed? Yeah, you can tell. I don't know, man. I had to watch it a couple times. But like, you, you can you tell by his, you can tell by his mouth. His mouth. He, lo- he looks like he's like uh, like all of a sudden in a goddamn kung fu movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, oh no, it's racist. But uh, <laughs> it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm sorry. It looked like he was in a Spanish language foreign film or a Fellini there, movie. There, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I struggled to, to realize that that was a reverse f- shot because, like, as soon as the they get to the end of it, you don't see his hands on the sword. Like, I thought the sword was composited. That's that's how because it's just not framed in a way that you can tell that he's actually holding it. Thinking about it after the fact, I'm like, oh, okay, it totally it's makes a wonder sense you that they would walk into it. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. But I'm saying like they could have very easily just composited the sword between them, and it would have still convinced me. So doing it as as a as I don't know a if they could have done it as cleanly, you know, back then, yeah. But it, it plays. It's a, it's a good moment. Uh, I mean, the yeah. Are we talking about the reverse effect? Yeah, that plays. That yeah, that's a yeah. good moment. Yeah, the moment in the movie. 
It's Rufio being a badass, bro. Yeah, yeah. Cool that's hair. how much control he has. You know yeah. what the problem that I really had the one the one scene. <laughs> oh, the only one. The one. That's the one that oh, I God. had between Peter and Rufio. What when Peter like re- remembers that he's Peter and he, and Rufio's like, oh, you are like welcome back or whatever the fuck he says you are the pan yeah you are the pan and then peter instead of just being like thanks bro is like draws a line in the sand and makes everyone come stand on his side and like he's just like a total dick to this kid who's already said like i recognize you <laughs> and i That's was the like, way is it yeah, no, he, like he, he's he's the new alpha. He has to like you know assert his dominance. He's an just like an adult would. though, bro. Yeah, he's an adult. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> he's an adult. Not. No, you revert <laughs> back. You know, like when you go back, he, he's forgetting about everything. He's becoming you know a lost boy again. He's gonna start hanging off bridges and shit. But also, that's the culmination of the last like twenty, thirty minutes worth of film of him building up and trying to remember who he is and. All of like the working out stuff and like like they need some kind of a big moment where it's like yes everyone realizes it everyone is with them everyone gets it I don't know I feel like thematically it works yes he I is just, a dick as an adult in that moment he's in a he's a dick as an adult in like every moment but like I feel like that really like foreshadows how nobody cares about Rufio's death and I think that's horrible mm. just gonna throw that out there that nobody cares about rufio even though he's been their leader for the last however many years that's fair yeah i until this watching i had never processed the fact that there's like hundreds of lost boys that are descending on the pirate ship and then at the when captain hook is dying there's only like 30 or 40 of them in that big circle around it and then the next scene after that is Peter Pan figuring out who's going to be the leader, and there's like twelve. Like, where the fuck did all the other kids go? They all I was died. wondering that too. Yeah, they they were murdered by <laughs> the yeah. pirates. I like, thought it was th- this dozen is all that's left. Wait, what? I did think it was really funny when that little girl was like, "No, Hook is just you know a sad person without a mom," and I was like, "Lady, like everyone there is sad and without a mom." That's like, right. They no, all, I the same thing. They all you really need a mommy. Need a <laughs> we all need a mommy. Yes, as illustrated by the scene when she's out there singing on the pier, and all the pirates are like. <sighs> That felt forced. <laughs> it did feel very forced. And like Peter, Peter could hear his daughter all the way down, but he didn't. He wasn't like, "Oh, that's that's Maggie." Like he didn't. He didn't. Dude, know. She, he didn't give a fuck about these kids. He doesn't <laughs> care about these kids. Look, he's he's treating his uh, he's he's having my lost Jack. boy time at his uh, my Jack. You know, his CEO, whatever the job he is, he has his lawyer's job, right? He, Brad. Yeah, that's right. Brad is his new lost boy. <laughs> I can't believe you fuckers made me watch this piece of shit. Oh my god! <sighs> this w- just open your heart for a little well, bit and okay, wait. feel the emotions, let's, Brian. Let's it's hear it. Fun. Guys, let's watch I Babe again. Hear your favorite, Jesus. yeah, Babe is a good movie. Let's hear your favorite. What's what like your favorite? I don't know something about this movie that was your favorite. Not you, Brian. We already know, but Mike and Jared, because you guys pushed so hard for this movie, and all I heard was wonderful things about it. I want to know what your favorite thing was. I mean, I fucking love this movie. I grew up watching this movie all the fucking time. I've probably seen it at least a hundred times. Most of the time, that's an exaggeration when people say that. I have legitimately seen this movie a hundred times. This this was a family favorite in my house. I quote this movie all the time with my siblings. Like there are there are elements from this movie that I can throw out 
three words and and some of my siblings know exactly the emotion the the time the all the things mike you like poor there are parts child. of this okay but no. i did i did <laughs> say like parts of this movie thing, that are though. ingrained like, in my brain i realized t- one, tonight one thing. jared uh, try one thing i said I, one i'll thing. get there <laughs> okay. but i realized tonight i realized tonight on on a repeat viewing that uh like there's a there's a quote that i say all the time that came from this and i didn't even realize it was from this it was like oh i, oh, I love this game they ask me again you know, like, uh, like when, when, when him and Tinkerbell are talking, like, like something he says there, I'm like, holy shit, I say that all the time. Uh, this movie is totally ingrained into me, like, as yep. a kid. I've, I've seen it hundreds and hundreds of times as well. I mean, like, there, also, there, there's another thing. It's like, it's, it's not really great, but uh, this also sticks out of my head. It's like, the children are screaming! The, the children, children are screaming! screaming! For yeah, some reason, 100%. that's, like, dug into my brain. Absolutely. <laughs> that one, and it's snowing! <laughs> <laughs> door slams closed yeah there are just there there are moments of of humor in this movie that that for whatever reason when i was eight when i saw the movie for the first time connected and it's it's just nostalgic and always fun okay okay i feel like i feel like you guys really didn't answer my question but that's okay i appreciate that it's super nostalgic for you because i definitely have those movies also um let me tell another reason why Peter Pan's a dick. Okay, so <laughs> when he comes from Neverland and he's like, oh, I hate, like, because Tinkerbell kidnaps him. And he's like, I, I'm going to go back to my family. And then um, the the door is closed and or the window is closed and he can't get in and he sees that they've moved on by which they've had another child. And I was so confused. I was like, did he just want them to mourn forever? Like, should the window have been open with them sobbing at the, like, sobbing out into the night sky, like, praying for him to come back? Like, why is he so mad that they had another child? They probably would have had another child if he had stayed. Like, that's his brother and or sister. And, like, why is it, why does he hate his parents for that? Like, I have a lot of questions about this, actually. Well, apparently that bit of the story was actually written by J.M. Barry, so you're going to have to ask him about that. I'll get right on that. Who knows? Look, they could have cut that shit out, just like they could have cut out the backstory with the fucking baby wanting to run away. God damn, that was stupid. Fuck me. God damn. Watching a crib... The baby is running away by the wind blowing well, the, the wind, crib. The wind blew it away. No, the I motherfucking did. B.O. says, and that's why I ran away. And I'm like, you're a <laughs> fucking baby. Yep, yep. Yeah. I did think it was funny. Stupid. He's like recounting his life. And yes, bad things happen, but there are also good things that happened. And I was sitting there going like, oh, it's actually kind of an interesting life. Like, I feel like, you know, these are this is like we can work with this. And then Tinkerbell goes, yeah, you Cut did have a really shitty <laughs> life. And I was like, wait, what? A lot <laughs> of sad memories. Wait, what? There was some fun things in there. Yeah, too? I was like, Tinkerbell, it's you're not A lot of sad memories. <laughs> She's like, I was there for all of them the minute I kidnapped you. Yeah, <laughs> I will say that the thing that I was processing this watch around was the fucking guy Brad who's calling him every damn three seconds on the phone like what is that guy's like obsessive problem with Peter no he like, didn't close the deal uh, that Peter left before they closed the deal and that's right. why no, Brad no, no. keeps I, calling him I get that but like like he calls him and Peter like hangs up on him and then Brad immediately calls him back well he just assumes and it's a dropped call then, it's 1991 and Peter's like, hey, I need to like hang out with my family for a second. And then Brad calls him back and he's like, Brad, fuck off. Here, go fly. Like there are some levels of Brad like like dial it back, dude. Make well, some decisions Peter's on your own. Peter's been gone for like four or five days at this point. Like, where the Peter's fuck? been gone for like three days at this point. 
I think I think it was a night, gentlemen. Yeah, it's one day. No, no, it, it no. I'm saying he day. left. He left the country like three days before. I they, think it they, was. They flew there. That's no, like a day, maybe. And then he goes. Well, I'm just saying, like they have a travel day. They have a day where they're finally there, and then they go to the thing that night, and then the next Neverland day. Four days. It's a. It's three days time, dude. They're gone for like a night. In yeah, the real it's world. one night. They yeah, may be, no, they may no, be no. that that long in Neverland, but in the real world, they're gone for an evening. Right. If they were gone for like three or fucking four days, and the mom is just sitting in that room, and they're not fucking police and fucking everything else in there, then I'm going to call bullshit. Like, is the real world supposed to be a fantasy land that's also in a fake set? Come on. I mean, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like real, the Brian. trip itself from them leaving the U.S. to the moment when he throws the phone at the end of the window—that's that's three days tops. The movie itself is a f- like a four-day movie. I assume so. They f- they flew. It was like an overnight flight, right? Isn't it an overnight flight to get there? And then it's about thirteen hours ish. Depends it, on where you're coming from. Well, they're coming from San Francisco, and then. Um, no, and then they go. They they say hello, and then they immediately go out to the gala thing at night, and then they wake no, up. No, that's like the, the next, next day. So I, that's what I'm saying. So it's like three days. Two, There's a travel day, the first day there, and then they go to the gala, and then then that night they're kidnapped, and then the next day they're back. Sure, sure. <laughs> Who cares? Like, no, the parents care Who that cares? their fucking kids are taken. They're like, oh my god, oh ah. house is torn up. There's fucking. Goddamn! Dude, somebody broke, took a hook dude, all the way down the fucking wall. Hooks, hooks like uh, wall carvings are awesome. That's fucking. Cool. <laughs> oh, they're great. Phil Collins doesn't yeah, give ha- a shit. He's like, oh, it's probably no. a joke. You know? Yeah, it's probably a joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What the fuck, man? This fucking. Stuff. You know what else is kind of weird, and maybe this supports that no one likes Peter Pan. Um, <laughs> is that when like they the kids are reunited with their mom and what grandma is Wendy or the grandma? Um, they're all just Great having Wendy. a grand time playing, and then Peter is like, "Hey guys, let me in!" And they're all just kind of like, "What?" Like they don't even hear him at first, and then they turn and just see him knocking, and they just look at him. <laughs> Excuse me, do you have an appointment? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Finally, I get to be a dick to my dad." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they tell you about this when poor little Jack and runs like, over. Oh, oh, he's leaving shit. open. <laughs> oh shit, his. <laughs> His face in that moment, like, oh, this kid. I, I've never seen Robin Williams this unlikable on screen. I, like, he's completely unlikable, and he's such a great, he's a great. One hour uh, photo. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, where he's supposed to be playing a serial killer that's stalking a family. Okay, yeah, yeah. you're right, Jerry. But I actually think he's more likable <laughs> in that a serial one. Killer. No, but I think, he's, cut. I think he's more likable <laughs> in that one, actually. He's nice um, in the final cut. He's not the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's a great actor, and he always plays these lovable characters. And I think this is supposed to be a lovable character, but it's not. I mean, maybe it was yeah. in 1991, but however many years later, it's not. He's not a lovable dad at all. Like, it, yeah, he comes off as very, very, very unlikable. And that's I think that's a feat for him, actually. <laughs> Steven Spielberg's like, look, I don't want you to do any of that Aladdin shit. All right. <laughs> Wait, what? That that's who I am. Steve, Steve, why am I in this movie? I don't know. Look, you just got thrown on me. I didn't approve your casting choice. You and Dustin were just here when I got hired. All right. Fuck it. I feel like they wanted Robin Williams because when he becomes Peter Pan, they could have really used all of Robin Williams's flair, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
But they they didn't really do it. I mean, they did a fraction of it. But I feel like Robin Williams was not really committed to the bit or maybe Steven Spielberg did not want him to do it. I don't know. I don't know where the problem was. But I think that's why Robin Williams was cast. But for whatever reason, it never happened. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a great bit of casting on paper. And then once yeah. you see the end results, it's like, what happened? I mean, listen, the 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 food fight with the kid where leading up to that, they're trading insults back and forth. That was very classic Robin Williams. No, it wasn't. The only part of that was that was classic Robin Williams was when he called the kid a nearsighted gynecologist. And it took me like uh, like five seconds to get that. Like, oh, you're saying he's all up in that. Uh, that that yeah, okay, I got all right, okay, no, I got it, I got it. It took a while, but I got it. that. Was Robin Williams? Everything else there was just like, what? What are you doing? I don't know. And that, that felt like that wasn't even a scripted line. That felt like something he just threw in there. Yeah, exactly. I'm saying that whole scene felt like there was a bit of an improv, where like maybe Rufio had some lines that he was supposed to throw out, and Robin Williams was just like, "I got this, I got that Man, one." Man, I, I one, hope I Robin Williams would come up some, with something better than a Prometheum brain. Well, they were having to try to keep it like you know PG. But then he calls him an nearsighted gyne- gynecologist, bro. Come on, that 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 clear. <laughs> None PG. of those kids know what a gynecologist is. Yeah. So I'm saying, write <laughs> jokes that are on that level, as opposed to all this other shit that we got. Maybe I'm asking for too much. I don't think so. It's okay to have standards, Brian. Mm, maybe George Miller should have directed this, and Steven Spielberg should have just passed on it like he originally did. Because he had this movie set up in the 80s, and then like it just took forever, and then he made Empire of the Sun. He's like, oh, I got my kid movie with adulthood. I got that out of my system. And Nick Castle was going to direct this movie. Nick Castle, the guy that plays Michael Myers in the original Halloween, who turned into a writer and director himself was going to make this movie, and they got paid half a million dollars to go fuck off. And he still got Spielberg a story credit. signed on. Yeah. It's like, why don't we let Nick Castle make this? Because Nick Castle probably could have made a better fucking movie. He's out there spending that money somewhere, bro. Oh, I'm, dude, look, I'm sure he, he's loving life. Half a million dollars for no work? Come on. How do I get that gig? He, he came up with a story or whatever. He had, like, you know, early work on it. Yeah, but they threw all that shit out. Because, like, apparently Dustin Hoffman and Robin Williams had very different wants and desires from what the original script was. So there was this huge rewrite that was done. I forget who came in and did the rewrites, but that James V. Hart, who went on to do Bram Stoker's Dracula and uh, Nick Castle, uh, they were barely involved. They were involved like five years ago before the movie was even made. Hmm. Wow. I read some things about uh, Carrie Fisher doing some uncredited rewrites oh, on a few lines. Yeah, for Tinkerbell. That's yeah, yeah. That's who the famous person was. And there was somebody mm. else that uh, came in and wrote for Rob, Robin Williams. I forget. Um, yeah. But yeah, I forgot about that Carrie Fisher. That's who it was. Yeah, that that should have been a pretty classic line at the end where she's like, you know, that place between sleep and awake, where you still remember dreaming. That was a Carrie Fisher line. I like that. That was nice. Yeah, that was that was one of the great I, moments I like of the movie. They- they place her right there with the sun, so you don't really, yet again, you don't know if it's dream or not. Like, it's yeah. kind of like he's looking into the sun. Yeah. Great, great moment. It's not really magical. It's a little terrifying because uh, you don't know if it's a threat and she's going to come kidnap you and your child again. <laughs> <laughs> but I did like the line. Jack's going to get stolen in hook two. <laughs> Hookier. Oh my God. Like, could you imagine him as Hookish. like a teenager? He would really <laughs> hate his dad then. It's- it's called Hooker. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's got the diehard uh, name convention. Hook two. Hooker. 
it's, it. it's those it's those women in that brothel. Smee! <laughs> Put your faces on, girls. Oh my god, I, I did get to watch through the uh, behind the not behind the scenes, but the deleted scenes from this. Uh, they were on the uh, the 4K and um, the the prostitutes hit the cutting room floor quite a bit. There were at least like three or four scenes with them gone. Damn. That's too bad. Not surprising. No, Kristen, this movie needed more scenes gone. More. <laughs> more on the cutting room floor. No, but it needs ladies, and if, if all they've got are hookers, I'll take them. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take any screen representation I can take. <laughs> Is that the new terminology for hook groupies? They're the hookers. Oh. Yeah, and I did not really. I really did not like the kid that played Jack. I I liked the daughter, but the son, yeah, did not do it for me. Yeah, yeah. I I thought it was really funny. Oh, interesting. I thought it was really funny how the kid looked like Captain Hook. So when they dressed up like him, I was like, yeah, that fits really well. (laughs) (laughs) The whole reason he was cast. Well, does anybody got anything else, or uh, we have ratings? Ah, with the silence, I think we're at ratings. So, who's going first? I feel like it needs to be Jared or Mike. Let your freak flag fly. Starting off on a positive note. Happy thoughts. It's time for the boo box. Thank your happy thoughts. The boo box. <laughs> boo! That, boo! That's a better movie. Just What, the boo box? No, I thought you were doing boo from Princess Bride. No, uh, I said it was time for the boo box. Yeah, but then you said boo, boo, and I thought you were... Yeah, they that's, they that's, shout that's, boo that's, as they're dropping the scorpions that's why it's called into the, you the did boo, a boo box. Boo, you go into the boo box, and then they. But, but what does that have to do with you? scorpions? Why is that even called a boo box? It didn't make any sense. Well, it's because you had a boo boo. You go into the boo box. <sighs> He's like, "Oh, you had a boo boo. Bring on the boo box." Dumb. All right, continue. <laughs> they're pirates. It doesn't have to make sense. Oh yes, that checks. Makes the blooms. <laughs> Every time I watch Pirates of the Caribbean, I'm like, look at those pirates doing shit that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Uh, yeah, exactly. They're more like guidelines. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. Those are better pirates, let's be honest. They're much better pirates. Uh, uh, fuck, man. I I have loved this movie for my entire life. Not my entire life. Uh, for Since I, since it came out and I saw it. This, is, this has been a staple in my family's house. Uh, I showed it to my kids a few years ago, and they fucking loved it. Um, I watched it again a couple days ago and I enjoyed the shit out of most of it. Brian told me before we watched it, watch it with your filmmaker brain. And I, I tried to, I tried to turn on all those things cause I've seen this movie so many fucking times. I was looking for how's the lighting working. How's the, the blocking happening? Um, look at the production design, pay attention to the score. I feel like this movie is way better than you guys are giving it fucking credit for. It's so fun, and it deals with so many emotions. Does it drag during the second act? Yes. Yes, it does. Uh, Could it be cut down significantly? I would say probably so. And that would make it have a little bit better pace throughout the movie. Um, I think this movie suffers a lot from director's bias. Like, they, they had props and shots and things that they were like this is a great thing we need more of it in the movie no you actually you could probably use a little bit less and it might be a little bit more effective specifically the the four-sided squirt gun i think could have been cut down like as an example i think this movie is is dealing or attempting to deal with a lot of of layers like there's there's 
childhood and traumatic childhood and you're forgetting your childhood and you're trying to remember it. And Peter goes through this whole arc of like, he doesn't remember what's happening. And then he's trying to remember. And then as soon as he puts a, gets a sword in his hand, all of a sudden there's like this muscle memory thing that happens. And as soon as he's not thinking about it, then he can cut a fucking coconut flying at him through the air. And, and that's when, you know, the things start clicking a little bit more. You guys have said a lot of things tonight that have made me think a lot, and they're all valid points, but I still fucking love this movie. I still think it's a ton of fun. It's not Spielberg's best technical work, for sure. Uh, Hearing that he was insecure about it is a word that I would like more description behind. Like, why was he insecure? What was he not feeling? What? Where was he struggling? I want. I want to hear Spielberg talk about shit, and he doesn't talk about shit. He doesn't. Maybe I need to. Wait, do you mean to read the I quote? I have it. I still have it. Sure. I, yeah. I felt like please. a fish out of water making hook. I didn't have confidence in the script. I had confidence in the first act, and I had confidence in the epilogue. I didn't have any confidence in the body of it. He added, I didn't quite know what I was doing, and I tried to paint over my insecurity with production mm. value. The more insecure I felt about it, the bigger and more colorful the sets became. Holy shit. That like perfectly describes all of my problems with the movie, because the opening act has a lot of things that I love. The epilogue ties a lot of bows. Everything in between feels like it didn't quite know where it was supposed to go except it got bigger and bigger and bigger when i was a kid i really appreciated the the stage quality of the sets because it was like oh it's it was originally a stage play and this is kind of what we're seeing so i i gave a lot of forgiveness to all those things watching it as a filmmaker as an adult um it did feel a little bit cheap in ways that i didn't appreciate as much this time around Ah, fuck, I've talked too long. Uh, I'm going to say this movie is a nine. It's totally worth watching. It's not the culmination of all these people should have given us significantly more. Um, But this is what we have, and I've loved it for 30 years. It's a nine. Wow. That's some nostalgia talking. That's right. Hey, man, I get it, because the whole time I was watching this movie, I had a nostalgia boner, too. Like, I was... was, was, I was all the way. You guys there. had a I really mean, like shitty it. childhood. If this is nostalgia, we for did. You, you should. <laughs> we did. Like, you know what, uh, <laughs> we did. Like this is how, <laughs> the way you guys are talking about this is how I feel about Gremlins, which is a fucking billion times better of a fucking movie. But anyway, go ahead. <sighs> when we when we cover Gremlins, we'll talk about that. We've already talked about Gremlins, but <laughs> well, I wasn't there. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> You're here for Hook, though, Jared. <laughs> Hey, and that's the one that really That's matters. the important thing. It is. Because you know what? When, when, I, when, I, when I was a kid and I watched Hook, I felt like I could fly. I felt like I could fight. And I felt like I could crow. Or whatever. Like, you know, I was down, man. I, I, like, I, I wanted to be fucking Peter Pan. I wanted my gold sword. And I wanted to be on Neverland. And I wanted to throw all the fucking... The colorful, weird foods around and and fly around. Did you guys not grow up on the Disney Peter Pan? Did you guys not watch that as a kid? I did. Yes, (laughs) not really. A few times. No, this was the shit that we watched over and over. Way more. more. Did you guys even get any of the references then? Like this movie, because this movie references a a lot. Yeah, the Disney film. Like all the backstory that they're giving about things that they're talking about. They're talking about the Disney cartoon. Probably not. I may have saw this one first. And then I saw definitely the saw this one. Later. All right, yeah. so that yeah. explains a That's lot of crazy. this. This is where you yeah. guys know Peter. Pa- I know Peter Pan from the Disney cartoon, and this feels like bullshit to me. Just saying. <laughs> but it's not continue. Wrong, wow. 
<laughs> Sorry. I guess the only thing I really have left to say is uh, death is the only great adventure I have left. Um, to live, Jared. <laughs> to live would be a great adventure. Oh, no, no, yeah. To live to live would be an awfully big adventure. I don't know, man. The, the, uh, obviously, watching it with your filmmaker brain, it, it's got holes, but it, it, there's, there's beautiful moments in between. It, it's so great to see these actors. I mean, I love Maggie Smith. She's... She's so amazing. Like I, I just like how I just love her character. It's like kind of like when the kids show up. She's like, I have one rule in this house: you must stop growing up. And then even down, there's like this one little cute moment when she, they put the kids to bed, and then she's like, "Night lights uh, protect our babes." Or oh, whatever. Yeah. She has these That's like lines straight out of the original book. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah man. So I guess my, nostal- my nostalgia boner is more for the, the the glimpses of the original text that actually comes through. Um, if I were a kid, I would say it's a 10, uh, but I'm going to land us here at an eight. We didn't even talk about how Maggie Smith has been perennially 90 for the last like 30 years. Yeah. She has been this same exact fucking age in every movie since Hook. Great old age makeup here. Oh my God. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) All right, Brian, break our brain. I don't know. Chris, you want to go next? You want to go last? I can go next. yeah, I can go next. Uh, you know, I didn't hate this movie, and I appreciate that I was told um, not to expect anything from it because I didn't. And I went into Who told it, you that? Brian. And Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Shocker. No, 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 because I asked um, an, a question last week, which was um, Does it do anything interesting? Um, because I saw a few years ago um, an interesting updated version of Peter Pan where he is the villain because he does kidnap children and take them away from their parents and keep them from leaving and all of this stuff. And I was like, does this movie do anything interesting like that? And he said, Kristen, if you go into it like that, you're going to hate this movie. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, nothing like that is going to happen. And I was like, okay. So I went in thinking this was just like a pure fluff film. And so from that point of view, there are some interesting and enjoyable moments. And so I did not hate it. Um, that being said, uh, I really started to hate it at the end. I, I forget the exact point. I said it somewhere earlier. Please reference my earlier statements. And I, <laughs> yeah, once that all started happening, I was just like, no, this whole movie is shit. I can't right now. But like, but I enjoyed it up until that point. And so, um, God, but it's just like it's so frustrating because there's so much talent here and I feel like this should be a good movie and I really enjoy Pirates and I enjoy Peter Pan and I enjoy Disney and I en- can appreciate Steven Spielberg and Robin Williams and Julia Roberts and all of these people who are involved I like usually and so the fact that I don't like this and this is so poorly put together is really frustrating for me. It just kind of reminds me, like, especially like even if you just look at it from a kid's movie, and I think this is maybe why I didn't watch it as a kid, is just because it's just like these these idiots like kind of just going around doing stupid things. And it's like especially like boys like throwing like brightly colored cream at each other like it's weird it's weird and as a kid like I mean as an adult I don't like it but like as a kid I also was not really into it 
it's still weird that there's no like i mean tinkerbell's the only lady in this i mean maggie smith doesn't count and neither does the mom because they're in it for just like two seconds they're not really characters the little girl is in it the the, the the brother's the main character like there's just not really any women in this and i know they're the lost boys but like ugh. the the cartoon has way more women you know what i'm saying like as, as so as a kid as a little girl I really loved the cartoon, not just because the Lost Boys were cool, not just because Peter Pan was cool, not just because I hated the pirates, uh, but because there were all of these characters. There's this whole world here that they just chose to ignore. And they had skateboarding kids who were like wearing rags instead. And I just felt sorry for all of them when I was watching it. So, yeah, I felt sorry for everyone involved, actually. Um, yeah, it, I just, I felt kind of, I just felt bad for everyone. Um, and the little girl is right. They all need a mom because everyone's dirty and can't dress and probably is not eating well based on the feast that looked so bad. It looks so, you're, that's your imagination. That's what you're imagining you're eating. God. Ugh. Rainbow pie. Yeah. No, God, no. Eat no. your rainbow pie. No, I just, I felt bad for everyone involved. And, I am especially upset that there are no behind the scenes interviews because it sounds like there's a lot of trouble on set and I wanted to know more and I could not find out any information uh, except to say that Julia Roberts was called Tinker Hell for being a disruption and I need more information on that and uh, there's none of that either. So it's frustrating on many levels. Anyway, um, it's not terrible. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a five. Wow. wow. All right. So we, we got a nine, wow. an eight, and a five. Why are you saying wow, Mike? That's actually probably where the rating should fucking be, Mr. Nine. Fuck. <laughs> what am I? Sorry, because I like joy. Well, no, we like There's joy. There's joy in this. When it's good joy. <laughs> Give me Babe. I'll watch that movie any day of the week. That's got real emotion and joy, and it's a fucking pig, right? And a fucking farmer. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is like, uh, I think somebody said that they were trying to tackle all of these like deep emotional things, and they failed. That's the thing. Like Turbo Man, what is that movie? Jingle All the Way had yeah. more emotional depth than this movie did. Yeah. I mean, okay. So that's my problem with this entire film. When I'm saying like it doesn't, it 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 doesn't feel right like it feels like everybody is collecting a paycheck because all of that all all of the spielberg cinematality that we've seen worked all that emotional bullshit that is just like really in your face he gets that to work when fucking et leaves all those kids like he's giving fucking drew barrymore that little fucking plant that breaks my fucking heart that is fucking emotions that is crying there is not a goddamn scene like that in this movie Everything seems fake and forced and phony, and it looks like it's on a goddamn backlot or a set. It, it, it looks like this is supposed to be like a televised TV play. It's just a really big budget version of that. And I just, I fucking hate everything here. I just don't like it. I don't like the ideas. I don't like these characters. I don't like Peter Pan. Peter Pan can go fuck himself. This guy is a piece of shit, man. I just, I don't like him. He's boring. <laughs> He's terrible. His kids are little brats. They don't shut the fuck up. They're always annoying. It's just like, I, man, I would fucking want not, I'd want to go to work if you were my fucking children too. You little assholes are just like constantly like we throwing that baseball on the plane to whoop that kid's fucking ass. 
It's not about what you want to fucking do. It's about the people around you. You're on a fucking airplane, you fucking asshole. It's like you're the you're Peter Pan is raising a fucking child that is going to fucking answer his cell phone in the middle of a movie theater and I'm going to be the dick that murders him in cold blood. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's like every every character. I just want to. I want to reach into this movie. They're either fucked up and have really weird, perverted motivations for shit, or I fucking hate them. I fucking hate them. Like, like I like Wendy in this movie. She's fine, but she's a fucking old woman pervert that lived her entire life as a lie, and she really wants to fuck Robin Williams. The minute he walks in, she's like, "God damn, I I let that finest piece of ass uh, ever seen in my whole life go away." Oh, I need him. Like, what the fuck is happening? This is a kid's film. Pick a tone. You're either a kid's movie or we're doing an adult grown-up version of Pan and we're talking about, oh, I don't know. I, you know, some of this, I think, is Spielberg's, like, fucking upbringing. I don't know what happened to his dad. I really don't. All right? Clearly, Sp- Steven Spielberg has some issues with his dad. And is it, if, if, I find, if I find out in his biography whenever the fuck he writes it that it's because his dad worked a lot, I am going to be severely pissed. <laughs> I think he said that in an interview. Isn't that what he said in an interview? Uh, is that what he said? His dad just worked too no, much. No, oh, he, no, no. He God. said he said that he said that he had just had a kid, and so he knows what the what it's like to. Yeah, no, but that. he's definitely still yeah, working okay, out but, like but all say, of his dad issues for Jerry, sure. That point That's right there is exactly movie. what I'm talking about. Why I hate this whole movie's mentality is because he's Steven Spielberg. He's coming at this with a rich guy mentality, and it's like, bro, nobody else in the world really has those problems because we have to work to fucking survive. You work, and you make millions of fucking dollars. If you want to take time off to go be with your kids, guess what? Asshole, you can do it. Nobody's fucking holding you back. You got millions of fucking dollars. The motherfucker is almost a billionaire. Get the fuck out of my face. I don't want to hear this bullshit from some rich-ass motherfucker like that. I just don't want to hear it, and I definitely don't want to watch a movie about it. Go fuck yourself. Hate this. The l- I haven't, even given, the look I haven't of- given my rating, Jared. <laughs> I'm giving this movie. I, I don't even want your fucking rating. rating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it a three. I, I really to- hate this oh, movie. Jesus I, just, I really, Christ. really hate wow. it. I just hate it. I just hate I hate everything about it. And I really hate that it looks kind of good. And that these effects people worked on it. And it's just like, God damn, bro. Can you imagine how excited they were? They're like, hey, I'm going to work on a Steven Spielberg movie. Oh, this is cool. And then they work on the piece of shit Steven Spielberg movie. It's like this, the terminal and fucking, I don't know. What? I like the terminal. Well, it's a boring. Fu- you haven't watched it recently, and you want to talk about how come Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg can get away? Close, yeah. How come they can get away with whitewashing? <laughs> Tom Hanks' character That's in real true. life is a fucking Iranian. That's true. Why is Tom Hanks a white guy playing it, and nobody says shit? And then, meanwhile, Cameron, Cam- Cameron Crow, what was that? Uh, Aloha. He gets in trouble for casting fucking Emma Stone as a fucking Hawaiian. Fucking a couple years later. Come on, bro. Get the fuck out of my face. You know why that he got in trouble for that? Because it was Emma Stone and it's a woman. Nothing happened to Tom Hanks. That was in the fucking aughts. It's because it's Tom Hanks and it's a man. It's bullshit. It's sexism. Calling these fuckers out. Also, Steven Spielberg, I'm probably not going to watch The Fableman if it's just more about how your dad mistreated you because he had to fucking work and provide for your ass to, so you can become the most successful filmmaker of all time. Maybe you should tell your dad thank you for everything that he did for you. What a dick. Anyway, give us the Rotten Tomatoes, Jared, before I blow a gasket. The look of Hook is lively indeed, but Steven Spielberg directs on autopilot here. 
giving in too quickly to his sentimental syrupy qualities. Rotten Tomatoes certifies Hook as rotten with a 25% tomato meter and a 76% audience I want it known. Wow. They went lower than I did. (laughs) Wow. Lower than me. No, no, the average. 29% is a three. Wait, didn't you just say 25%? 29%. Oh, oh, look at you browning up. <laughs> Still lower, Jared, than a three. <laughs> it's a 2.9. <laughs> it's accurate. I'll agree with it. One of the times Rotten Tomatoes was raised. Jesus. <laughs> wow. Like I need to pour another shot. Yeah, no. Look, okay. I don't feel bad. I was sucking Spielberg's dick on Jaws, all right? Because you know why? Because it's a good movie. Good movie, good film, <laughs> good filmmaking technique. I love it. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Let's let's do more of those Spielberg movies and less of this crap. Anybody got anything else? Any positive notes you need to get off your chest? <sighs> Don't trigger Spielberg. <laughs> that was for Spielberg. <laughs> so with that, Lahayam, you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to moviecrewpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at moviecrewpod. Jared, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at checkthegate or on Twitter at Jared B. Callen. Griggs, where can they find you? I'm on Instagram and since Twitter's still alive, Twitter. At Griggsy Media, that's G-R-I-G-G-S-Y Media. And Kristen, where can they find you? Find me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with a K-N-N-I. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. And uh, I think we're going to close out the show. I don't know. Should we play the really terrible baseball music or? No, 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 no. (laughs) All right, okay. So we're going to be playing track number one from the Hook soundtrack titled Hook Prologue. This is from composer John Williams. You're dead, Jolly Man. <laughs>